Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, Glenn James here. Welcome to My Millennial Money. Today, you're joined by... John Pigeon. And a good friend of the M3 podcast, Alex German. Hey, Alex, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. Hello, Alex. Welcome. Thank you. Now, you may remember Alex from an episode that we did probably a year ago-ish, and she was living in the UK. She came back home for a couple of weeks, jumped on a podcast, then we flew her back. That's what we do with guests. We fly them out. Business class only. All all that. We do all that. We get you out here. Uh, But thank you for coming back on to the show. I think you've done some express podcasts with us before or since and all that stuff. So And your other podcast, Gen Z Money. Gen Z Money, yes, we did that. Part of the furniture. Oh, One and of we, the other podcasts, yeah, I must say. And we also did um, Managing Money in Your 20s, you and I. I'm all over the shop. Now. Yes. So, welcome back, Alex. She's a champion. Now, John, you might be thinking... What's a way that I can support the My Millennial Money podcast? I was. You was Only thinking. Just <laughs> you, you was thinking that. <laughs> now, there is a way uh, that you can support the podcast. Uh, we put together a document called the Glenn James Personal Financial Plan. Now, what that is, it's a 17-page document that just details everything that I do personally in my financial life. It details my spending plan. It details all my investments, what I invest in. It details my estate plan. It details my health insurance. It just details everything that I do personally. And, you know, it's it's not necessarily for you to, you know, copy me because I don't want you to do that. But it's just a way that one, if you're a curious little so-and-so, you might want to have a look at what I do. But more so, it is a way that you can purchase that and support the podcast and what we're doing. So, if you are interested, there's a link in the show notes and you should actually learn uh, through looking at how I do things, how to set up your financial plan strong uh, for growth. Yeah, great idea. Does it show how much you eat out? No. No. And that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So, we don't have to cover that. Now... One final thing as well, if you want to uh, learn more and support the show, we did Glenn James Investing Night School uh, last month, I think, at the time of recording now. Mm. Uh, we've had a few people uh, message in and email us and to, and to say, look, can I still buy that? Uh, we've actually put it up in Teachable, the same platform that the Glenn James Spending Plan is. So, if you did want to re-watch, there's one video that's an hour and 40 minutes of me teaching. And I think there's another video that's, Nath, what, is it an hour and a half or something? Yeah, and then another hour and a half video of me just answering questions about investment concepts. So, uh, there's, an, there's a link in the show notes. And John, you attended the night school from Zoom. I did. I enjoyed that, sitting around the dinner table with my family. Yeah. They didn't, but a couple of my clients reached out and said that they got a lot out of it too and they're property heads and they just wanted to diversify their thinking, which was awesome. Yeah, and I think it's just understanding the concepts. So, again, if you want to support the show and you want to learn about investing, uh, we've put it up temporarily because it will form part of 
the full course that we're going to do uh, in 2021. So, you ready to have a chat about living in your first home, Alex? Let's do it. All right. So, we've got Alex back in the hot seat. At the time of, I don't know, last year, you purchased the property off the plan. I had, yes. Back in 2017, actually. Wow. And the build completed around this time last year. Yep. So, I settled November 2019. Right. So, I I just wanted to, you know, it has been a year since Alex settled, but she actually had a tenant in there for the first little while. And I just wanted to get somebody else in who's just moved into their own first home, uh, just to chat about you know, any unexpected things or just to share her journey uh, because she's also really a competent person with a microphone. So, it's always nice when you've got a podcast. (laughs) But first and foremost, we've got a whole heap of things to uh, talk to that you wrote in via Instagram. I've got one thing that I'm going to pull up and read in a minute just as a bit of a, a chewy thing. But before we get into these comments that the people in the community said, do you have any initial thoughts about moving into your first home, Alex, for the first time? What was that like in terms of your own budget, anything? Yeah, I definitely had to put in the work beforehand to save some money and build a little bit of a fund to be able to pay for things when you first move in. Beforehand, whether you're renting or whether you're living at home, there's an opportunity to um, potentially build up a bit of cash for the things that you expect, but also that you don't expect. So then you don't have to enter into buying your first home with additional debt. You're about to start paying a mortgage payment. And if you have to lay that on top of um, short-term debt that you might have had to seek to pay for some of those unexpected things. It might be an extra stress. So, I definitely recommend spending as much time as you can building a bit of a cash buffer for the things that you expect and don't expect to pay for. John, do you have any preliminary comments based on your own experience, you know, 300 years ago when you first moved out into your own property and also... (laughs) It's lovely, isn't it, Alex? (laughs) Well, and also from your own clients. You know better than that. Uh, I, I actually only... First lived in my own house seven years ago because I rent fested for yeah. the best part of 13 years. But I think first and foremost, it's an exciting time. Like it's people's dream to buy their first home to live in, isn't it? So um, to tick that off is is fantastic and you want to keep it enjoyable. The way, as you mentioned, Alex, to keep that enjoyable is to plan and to have buffers and to, to have surplus funds to do those little things to, to make it feel like home. So that, that's, um, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, and I, I think... So, this episode, it is for those who are maybe about to buy their home. Um, You can actually understand the comments that people are made once they settle so you can be more prepared. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps, you know, if you've just settled in your home, you might get some tips. So, again, we can't really please everybody with this episode, but it's going to be a good discussion. And like anything, if if you've been in your own home for the last, you know, couple of years and all that you might still learn something. I might get encouraged. But I wanted to start with this motherhood statement and there really isn't any structure to this episode other than us reading people's comments and chatting about it uh, because I wanted as many voices in this episode as possible. There was an anonymous post in the My Millennial Money Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And when these go up, I see them as the 
the first time just as a member as well because Carly organizes them in the team. And I'll be a bit cheeky because it's anonymous, but I do love you. Uh, but I'll read this anyway. Hey, everyone. Been following this group for a little while and would love any advice I can get. Recently purchased the house. I had split my loan to 70 fixed and 30 variable. That was the advice uh, that they received from their family, friends and broker. I currently have around 18K left after the deposit, but here's where the problems begin. One, house needs furniture, dining tables, chairs, couch, bed, etc. Two, appliances, fridge, wash machine, microwave, TV. Three, additional things for the house, aircon, because summer is here, security door as it's not the safest neighborhood at night. Four, utilities, internet as I need it for work, uh, gas and water. How much should I set aside to furnish the house and how much should I keep as an emergency fund or if you have any other advice or solution? Now, Mm. where do I begin with that? That is the question. I would probably say a number of things. You probably, in the perfect world, before you buy your first home to live in, you really want some just cash monies aside just as an an emergency fund in life. So whether you've just bought your new house, whether you're renting, whether you're living out of a tiny house on your uncle's block of land or whatever that is, I think it's prudent to have your emergency fund set up. So this question here, um, you know, they've got 18 grand, but to me, it just sounds like, They've got 18 grand turnkey and they don't own anything else. And I don't know if they're being dramatic. Like, I just need everything brand new. I just need this or I just need that. Like, it's great. It's great. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just don't know. And I think you just can't have it all at once. So, we have to prioritize. That's what I did before I moved as well. I had rented for a little bit of time beforehand, but I lived mainly in furnished apartments and I had moved overseas. So I pretty much had nothing as well. And I put in a spreadsheet, all of those things that you need, all the things to furnish the house, the appliances, any improvements that might need to be made. And I prioritized them. And I thought about what could I um, sacrifice? What was a non-negotiable that I need to spend a certain amount of money on? And then I pretty much went down the list. And the things that are at the bottom Maybe you don't get to them. Maybe you get to them in six months or 12 months or two years, but you've got the things right at the top of the list first. Yeah, no, that's really good advice, Alex. And I would concur with that, but I'd also say we don't need the best of those appliances either. We don't need brand new Gumtree, Facebook Marketplace, all those things. We can, we can halve our costs by getting something that's going to suffice. Totally. I think some people jump straight onto Facebook Marketplace when someone suggests it or they need a fridge. They have a quick search and they don't see anything. But Facebook Marketplace, just like when you're looking on domain or on car sales, you're not necessarily going to find exactly what you need at the point that you look on there. Usually the good things that are good value, they go as soon as they as they get put up. I don't know if anyone sold anything on Facebook Marketplace, but if you put it up there for free or with a good deal, people will message you within minutes. And that's because they have alerts set up to look for certain things. So if you're looking for a fridge in a certain area, you could set up an alert. Don't expect that the first time you go on Facebook Marketplace, it's going to be there. You I have to put in a bit of work to get a good deal. Yeah. So I just think it's this, and John said it, like you don't want this new home to be a curse. You want it to be a blessing. And I know in my life, 
I cause a lot of my problems. <laughs> uh, can I give an example? Please. Of, well, not an example, but I walked up the driveway to this podcast today mm. and what do I see? A new Vicky in the driveway. A new Vicky. <laughs> we can talk about that at the after party. We're going to do an after party today, guys, because we haven't done one for a while. So, by you know, you just want to do, like you just don't want this whole thing to be caused as, to have a curse. Like, I don't want you to spend that 18 grand wipe out your savings mm. and be living week on week in your new house. And I don't want you to go down to hardly normal and get everything on finance. And then, you know, you just, again, living week on week because you wanted the new lounge, you wanted the new crap. So you can take freaking Instagram photos mm. to make it look hashtag goals and all that crap. Mm. That dining room table out there in my lounge room, I got given that from a client 10 years ago. It cost me nothing. Do you cry poor? And then they <laughs> dropped it around. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. So I think it is this. You have to prioritize. Yeah. You have to remove. So, And this is, okay, let's dig down on this. And I've just adjusted my seating position to get comfortable with these guys. And hello, if you're watching on YouTube, what up? You have to, at all times, remove as much emotion as possible, right? So if you're into your new house or you're going through a process now or you're looking emotions can lead you astray. Okay, we've got the house now. Now emotions can lead us astray because we've got 18 grand, we need to blow it. So a couple of things there, the internet thing, that's not even a thing because that's just a bill in your normal life. To me, that's just like, no, that's you cash flow that. It's not a capital outlay. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at things like that. Security door in a bad neighborhood. Why did you buy there in the first place? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, I think that's a priority though. If they're safety first, oh, right? absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I put a screw door in the front of my house. Yeah. And that was the only thing I did when I moved in here because it was brand new. And I'll ask you what you did, Alex. I put the plantation shutters in the property. Uh, and I've got one kidney left because of that. Um, and then I did the security door on the front, which is the three locks. I mean, that was 800 bucks installed. So, mm. if I was this person all day long, you're going at the top of the list, ranking in order of, in order of absolute priority. Mm -hmm. And that could be the security door because I want to feel safe. The next priority could be a fridge. The next priority, okay, well, I need somewhere to sit. I'm getting a camp chair for 10 minutes. Or, And that's the dance with um, stop being a prince or princess. You live in Australia. Things are good. You've, you've bought a house. You, you've got cash. Mm. Everything's actually good. Let's slow down. Let's um, remove emotion, and some of these things that we'll uh, we'll talk about will help you, you know, address some of these issues. What did you do from day one? Because you bought a unit. Yeah, brand new. So you would expect little to nothing should be done. And the only thing that I could think that I spent money on were blinds yep. along the same line, and then an NBN connectivity, and that that's pretty much it. But if you aren't buying turnkey then there's probably things like driveways landscaping um fencing that probably would be considered for a new property that wasn't an apartment but if you're buying not a brand new apartment and not turnkey those things that you think about that have to be done day one i think that should be considered in your purchase price even though it's not the money that you're handing over on day one it still should be what you factor into the cost of just buying yeah over and above Emergency buffers. Yes. Yeah, and, and this is where it's like, I know if you are listening, you've already just purchased the house, you know, 
the security at all thing, and I'm just using that as an example. I mean, there could be other things and I'm glad you flagged it because that is important. But when you are looking for the house, you need to factor in that, hey, I want this place. It hasn't got this. I need that. It'd be no different than buying a property knowing that it didn't have a back fence and you're yeah. going to have to cough up half back the price. So, so maybe it is that bit of an audit just of the structural things that I need to get done to make it comfortable. And it, it's so personal. Like for me, if I moved in a, in a place didn't have an air conditioner, it would be installed bloody the day before I move in. You know what I mean? Because that's a priority for me because I am that prince that I was talking about. <laughs> How'd you go last weekend? It was bloody hot, wasn't it? Mm. No air conditioning. No, I've got three here. No. Sorry? We haven't got any. You don't? No. We've got a pool. Yeah, but how do you keep cool? <laughs> jump, jump in the pool. <laughs> you can't sleep can't, in the pool, yeah, though. Can't, can't sleep in the pool. Nah, look, we, we like to rough it. Right. <laughs> so, I guess that's my motherhood statement for this conversation. I don't want when you move into the place for that to become a curse. I think you can put those things in two separate camps, one that are non-negotiables that you're not going to be able to enjoy living there from a basic level without and maybe air conditioning or a security door is one of them. I think the other camp- <laughs> They're so polarizingly different, aren't they? It's like security door, um, I'm safe from intruders and the other side, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> but the other camp is things that are around the emotion of pride and being- too proud to not have a living room that has a lounge in it or have guests over when you're showing them this brand new house and it's not fully furnished. Like mm. I think if you separate some of your pride around that or even around secondhand furniture, is my bed secondhand? Can I handle that? You should be. I think you should be able to separate some of that pride from that. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's not only pride, it's ego, isn't it? Totally. What does everyone think of me? And I think it's important, like from a Glenn James, the money guy thing, like this anonymous person said, I've got 18 grand. I'm going to assume this person has 18 grand to their name. So what I want them to do is you've moved into the house. One, expect that your budget, your spending plan is going to look like there's been a nuclear blast. It's going to be a messy couple of weeks because things just don't, ha like you've dropped a nuke on your money. You've got possibly new bank accounts with the mortgage. So take some pressure off yourself to make everything, you know, perfect. It's going to be messy for the first few weeks. I would straight up allocate of that 18 grand that this person's got uh, an emergency fund. And it could be 13 grand. It could be 15 grand. You've got to keep that aside. You've got to do that. So realistically, there could only be $3,000 left. And if you've got a solid emergency fund like that, I want you to have that as your baseline. So we're tossing up security door, bed, security door, bed. I think so. But also, it, it speaks to this thing. For those who haven't purchased their house yet, you've got to make sure you can actually afford it. Mm. And by actually afford, it means the mortgage repayments aren't more than 30% of my net take home, max. Yep. But actually afford it means I can go in, I own this place. If the hot water system goes the next day, which it can, you know, things happen, have you got $900? So we can't just walk into these situations. No, and, and you mentioned before, Alex, about the 
the house and land, how I haven't got landscaping and driveway and fence. And in, in my world, that's a non-negotiable. You've, you've got to have that into your build fixed price. Um, oh, but I can do the landscape myself or I can put the fence up myself. Or if you are going to do that, you've got to allocate the money. So no different when I've got to buy a bed. Like you said, uh, you had nothing because you were living in fully furnished. So you've forecasted, this is what I'm going to need, prioritised it, dollared it out, this is how much it's going to cost me. I'm not buying it until I've got those funds ready. That's right. Some things in my apartment today are missing that I would like to have, but um, weren't necessary. And I'm holding out. And I think that's nice as well. Then you can make considered Mm. decisions about what you want and not buy what you can afford at that point and then throw it away in a year or in two years or three years. Yeah, oh. and we'll get on to some responses now, but that uh, some of those talk about that, don't they? Yeah, well, the first response to that kind of anonymous, because it was just such a good case study. If this person's just moved in, they've got 18 grand cash, there are just a couple of red flags to me. There's like, hang on, chill out. Let's get our emergency fund aside. Let's make sure we're on a budget. Let's just do priorities only. And I love what you said, Alex, about priorities and luxuries. Where one person's priority is another person's luxury. Um, it's your money and your house and your life. So I wouldn't let anyone else's priorities or opinions try and impact the way that you spend your money or live your life. Yeah, and I want to be clear by saying I don't want to be the killjoy. I want everyone to have their first home. But I just know from dealing with hundreds of people face-to-face in their personal finances that they move in, the first thing they do, they've got no money, they run back into debt, they run back into buy now, pay later, and they can't get out of this cycle all because they want the bloody lounge, they want the bloody bed, they want the fridge. Oh, we all want it brand new. It all has to be financed. Like we don't get a pass on maths just because we've got a nice new home. And I deserve it. And I deserve it. And and that's what's so like cancerous to our Western society. Mm. Like I drive down the street and I see a billboard, and this was a couple of years ago, from flight center you deserve a holiday so take finance out no shut up there's people going without food and water Mm, on this planet we don't deserve squat so hear my heart now kim says in response to that i recently moved into my first place and spent about 5k to set it up i brought my bed fridge and couch new and paid delivery to make it easier for herself so that's good you are you going to factor in delivery costs like i need a new dishwasher do I want to take the Prado over and throw it in or do I want to get them to bring it out? Everything else came from secondhand shops and Facebook marketplace. Although the secondhand bedroom is still empty and the TV is still sitting on a box from Ikea, it's fine for now. And I think that's that whole thing is like, you should be so proud everyone that mm. you did get into your first home. That's such a privileged thing to do. Chill out if we got a few boxes with TVs on it. Chill out if... You know, it took me three years to get a sideboard. One, because I didn't want to just rush out and buy one. I knew the exact type that I wanted. Uh, It was a a West Elm one. It was like $800 new. And I'm like, I'm not paying freaking $800 for a sideboard. I don't care who I am or they are or whatever. Got it on sale, 200 bucks, floor item or whatever it was, threw it in the car that day. And we are like, this episode's going live at the end of the year. If you have settled... Please, please, please chill out. Wait till Boxing Day sales. I bought my fridge, my washing machine, my leather lounge, 
and the Boxing Day sales, you don't have to go out on Boxing Day itself. They'll last about two weeks. So we are in the prime time mm. for buying stuff. Absolutely. And I'll just read one other one and then I'm going to stop talking for a minute. Uh, Jeremy said, while secondhand is good, sometimes quality is better value in the long term. Totally agree. But I don't think when we say get a secondhand lounge, it's not a life sentence. It's just a temporary stepping gr- stepping stone, isn't it? It's worth considering it with appliances though around uh, what, how much do I have to pay to get longevity out of this appliance? If I spend less, is it going to break down or am I going to have to replace it soon? So there is a balancing act there with quality and, and price for the oh, longevity. And and I would say think environmental. Like I don't want you to just go buy a cheap freaking chair from Kmart or lounge from Kmart that's cheap and rubbish as a temporary item. If we're going temporary, buy something decent from Marketplace or Gumtree from an affluent area, throw a sheet over it, whatever. It's temporary, not forever. That sense of pride that you have when you move into your first own home or apartment, I don't know if you can um, vouch for this, but I think all of that would be diminished if you had to uh, think about a debt repayment for a short-term debt that you've gone into to purchase everything around it. I felt so much pride standing in an apartment that I knew was mine and that I'd purchased and I didn't have a black cloud hanging over my head that... I, this is mine, but I also still owe money to all these different people for mm. to buy things just to fill the space. Yeah, and I'll continue what Jeremy said. I'd also not begrudge someone for buying new furniture that would last them a very long time. In terms of costs, you should be able to buy all these things for five to six grand if you're buying smart. And I think for the person who's got 18 grand, sure, if the emergency fund was 15 grand and they had a plan in place and you know, they had to dip down to 12 grand for a couple of months, provided they can top that back up. That's a judgment call. This time of the year, fitting out a new house, I know what I'll do. I'll go and get all this stuff on sale if I had a plan to really not go into debt and to be cash heavy at some point. Uh, But I, I certainly wouldn't begrudge anyone for buying brand new furniture, but I'd say there's a systematic problem with, uh, possibly them managing money and, um, you know, I just don't want people to get into this debt cycle. So I'm not saying don't buy brand new. I'm saying be considered, be measured, wait till there's a sale. The leather lounge out there, I think it was five and a half grand. I got it for three and a half, something crazy like that. Sales, absolutely. But you've got to have the cash. That's right. So, John. So, Sarah Hayworth, and these 94. are just And these are just tips from Instagram, everyone. Yeah, so... She makes a really good point. Make mortgage repayments weekly or fortnightly, not monthly. So no-brainer that um, we're getting more repayments per year out of uh, weekly or fortnightly. Um, Depending on when your pay cycle comes in, choose one or the other as opposed to monthly. Um, It'll save probably, I don't know, a year or two off your mortgage by doing that. Um, But that's that's an awesome awesome tip that not everyone realises. It might be smoother for your uh, spending plan as well. Yeah, well, yeah, if, you, if your pay comes in fortnightly, then it's perfect, isn't it? Well, if on the Glen James spending plan, it actually doesn't matter when you're paid the way I teach, but mm. I think it's just a smoother way to make sure that, um, yeah, it's just, I, I actually pay all my mortgages weekly out of my offset account. Don't know why, I just said do it weekly. Mm. 
I think if the difference is negligible and you do it right from the start, you'll never notice the no. extra amount that you're paying in. Mm. So if you can, if you have some wiggle room in your budget to put a little bit extra into your mortgage repayment as well each week, fortnight, month, I've done that and it, it'll never notice. I'll ne- I can't. Even, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what my minimum mortgage repayment is because I've just said it. At this is what it is, and I'm not paying less than that. Yeah. What else have you got there, John, that stood out? All right. Uh, we've probably touched upon these two, but they're worthwhile mentioning. Kelsey McMahon says not everything in terms of styling or renovating has to be done at once. It all takes time. So that same thing of prioritising and then and then gradually getting it done uh, using maybe our savings or um, f- hanging out for that bargain that might come along depending on time of year. Uh, and Christine Stoker, I think it is, 92, says, don't buy new furniture for a new house. You don't need it. Ha, ha, ha. So tongue-in-cheek there. It's a judgment call, isn't it? Um, we talked about quality. We talked about environmental. Uh, we talk about price. You've you've just got to do what's right for you. And the main thing is forecasting what you want in your house, knowing that it's going to be long-term you don't have to rush into it and away you go. And to be honest, I would even say like, and I, I haven't seen any questions there, Alex, that you might uh, pick up on, but if you buy an older house, um, don't just rush in and wanting to renovate paint. Maybe just live in it for a couple of months and just get a vibe because what you think, you know, when you go through the open house and you go, oh, this is great. Yeah, we could actually put that wall up there and make this, this and that. Well, maybe just live in it with the expectation that we're not doing anything but living and breathing. Mm. And because it might, you might find out that two months in, oh, the sun is actually pain the ass at this time of day in this part of the house. So we can't do that. Or, oh, I can see the neighbours doing special cuddles in the bed from this room. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I don't know. mind goes to some strange <laughs> places. Yeah. I, I mean, but do you get my vibe? Yeah, well, they may have um, only been in it once or twice. They may have been in it for an open home inspection and one other time and, and that's really it. So, yeah, spend yeah. that time. Another practical example might be that you have a spare bedroom and you think that's perfect for visitors. I'll buy an extra bed and a mattress and it's our spare room. But COVID hits and you start to work from home and now that's a perfect office space and you've got a brand new mattress and a brand new bed that you want to shift and put a a couple of desks in. Sounds like you've done that. No, that's wishful thinking (laughs) that I had a spare bedroom to put a home office in. Unfortunately, I don't. How many rooms is your... Just one. One bedroom? Yep. And you live by yourself? I do, yep. Yeah, okay. Cheap cleaning? Yes. Mm. So... And we've spoken about it before. I think, oh, three years, I'm going to upgrade. It's not going to be enough space. And now that I'm in here, my perspective has changed totally. This size apartment, one bedroom, live by myself. I feel so independent. It's so manageable. Cleaning takes no time at all. The furniture, you know, it's pretty well set. I don't have to think about all these extra things. And it's just so manageable. And that those thoughts that I had about, oh, I need to upgrade in three years, probably was more from a pride place about yep. can I really live with one bedroom and not a lot of space? Yeah. How long did you think it took you to get into a rhythm with your cash flow? 
and like, okay, I'm paying this mortgage now and I've got the strata things and I've got the sinking fund if they're doing that. Yeah, all that stuff. How long do you think yeah, that really Maybe my, my unique situation might have impacted that in that I had tenants in there for a year. So, I was able to um, see what the flow of bills was um, over the course of a year and when my tenants were paying the bills, you know, that that was great. But I, I had an idea of, okay, every three months, this is how much strata, rates, gas, water, electricity would probably cost. Then I could allocate a weekly payment when my blow money, for example, goes out. There's also a little fund that's building up of sinking funds. So when those um, bills come in, I'm ready to pay for them because I've got some sinking funds. But realistically, it's probably a quarter, I would say, by the time all of the bills have had an opportunity to come through. Yeah. And that's why you just really, I don't want you to move in from day one, spend all your money on staff uh, because you might need cash. For sure. Cash is king. Cash is king. Do you have any comments there from people, Alex? Yeah, there's some along the similar um, vein as the ones that John mentioned, which I think is it's pretty indicative that there is something that other people have experienced. So, Elise Mia said, you don't need to style or fully furnish your house straight away. I, I think particularly around styling, they can rush out and pick all these styling objects up and nice things to place on shelves and rush to Kmart and buy all those little trinkets to put on your shelves just to fill the space. But I think you may end up regretting doing that and saying that was a little bit of fad or, you know, the styling things can come later. I think you don't need to do that all at once. Another one was from One Day of Life who said, don't spend too much money on furniture, hand-me-downs, Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree. It's along the same lines as what we've been speaking about. I think don't be too um, proud to not accept hand-me-down furniture. I think you can find some really great, um, good quality pieces from friends and family and, and looking online as well. I would also add anyone that is about to settle on a home, uh, maybe call around or put on your own Facebook uh, walls or Instagram stories like, hey, has anyone got any tips for, you know, the month after I settle on my home? And just ask people in your world. Kelsey, another one that uh, John read one of hers before, she said, renovations, don't settle on the first thing that comes to your mind, flirt with the idea for a while. And I think that's kind of cool because I was just about to comment like a friend of mine, uh, Tim and Karina, Karina was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago on the IVF uh, episode. They just bought a brand new house in terms of brand new to them. It's an older house. It's on a big block. You know, it's really awesome. They're about to do some wholesale renovations like hardcore um, in the coming months. But we were kind of talking the other day and I wanted to, you know, kind of what Kelsey said, it's about you've just bought your house and you want to do stuff. So, you want to like, oh, I want to just do stuff. So, how can you scratch that itch and hedge it a bit? So, instead of, like I said before, just, oh, we're moving in the next day. We're putting a wall up here for an example. I said to Tim, like, because they've, they've got to put a new front fence in and it's a big 1600 square meter block. So, it's a decent sized block. You know, to do stuff, scratch the itch of doing stuff can you do something like the front fence that it doesn't act like a fence is a fence? Like it's always going to be there. Mm. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Or it's yeah. like, can you do the veggie patch? Because if you do renovate, well, the veggie patch is always there and you are at least scratching that itch of I'm doing something to my new home. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think in, in 
maybe that example and a lot of people's examples is you would see what you can potentially do to something before you buy it as well. So on the way in, and we've done an episode on that, but you're thinking about what you can do to it or or what needs to be done prior to taking over and then maybe once we get in. But, yeah, definitely that emotion can take over, can't it? Yeah, and we just, you know, for me, my life, emotions get involved, things get broken. Look out. (laughs) Am I right? Um, (laughs) um, I have another one here from... A millennial money diary who said, pack your freezer with ready-made meals when you move in. You'll be exhausted for the first few weeks. And I thought this is an interesting one, um, a little bit less obvious than we've talked about. But when you first move in, you may not even have your fridge yet or the, you know your kitchen might not be set up. However, I think you should consider how we're going to eat for the first mm. few weeks. If you don't think about that and don't plan, I think the temptation could be to order Uber Eats every single day mm. to just duck back and forth from the shops to eat out. My personal experience, I'm a big HelloFresh person. I do it nearly every week. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Easy Not to whip sponsored. up, aren't they? I, I just find it so convenient. So whether it's HelloFresh or Marley Spoon, if you're already doing it, redirect it to your new place, get it ready to be delivered as soon as you've got a fridge, I would say. Um, if you've never done it before, you can get that first box of free. So that might be an opportunity to give it a test run, see if you like it. Maybe organise your Woolworths delivery or Coles delivery for pretty soon after you move in. So you have things in the house that don't um, lead you down the temptation of um, ordering Uber Eats or Deliveroo every single day. Yeah, a bit of toast and the toaster doesn't go astray. No, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll um, we'll finish up with some, some other comments of yours and also some real practical tactile things that you can do as soon as you get in. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, we're back. Now, I was thinking like I always want to be practical and give people ideas to implement. What about you move in? I want you to open up your calendar, whether you use your Google Calendar, Gmail, Outlook, whatever that is. Does Hotmail have a thing? I guess so. Sure, whatever. I want you to set a time in the future, 12 months down the track. Number one, I want you to set a reminder for 12 months in the home so you can celebrate. Hey, we've been here 12 months. Look how far we've come, all that stuff. Number two, I want you to reach out to your mortgage broker and say, hey, I've been here 12 months. Uh, Is it worth me calling the bank for an interest rate decrease or just a spot check? Is there something you can do just as a healthy thing? Um, And the second one, the day that you move in as well, Depending on where you've come from and what your situation is, it might be worth paying a uh, Australia Post mail rediversion just for 12 months, just so you can catch any of that crap that might still come. Mm. Some companies still live in 1921 and send paper. It's annoying. Uh, maybe that's an option. So, yeah. also, Check your insurances along there as well. Exactly, you? in the first 12 months. So I want you to review because this is what happens with um, – and to be honest, the insurance thing, like the home insurance, 
you've got to rush out and get a home and contents or a home policy, not contents, but you've got to run out and get that policy because the bank want it before you settle. And most of the time, it's one of those things, oh, quick, I'll just get one, give it to the bank, there you go, I can settle. Maybe three months in, you can just come up for air and go, okay, let's just double check the home and contents insurance. Let's double check my car insurance because you don't want to be dicking around when you just moved in because with your car insurance, if you haven't told the insurance company that you've changed locations, uh, the premium could be cheaper. It could be more expensive depending on the suburb that you're now living in, whether you've got it off the street, in the garage. So there's some insurances to look at as well. Yeah, and a lot of those, I, I got my insurances only a couple of weeks ago for home and contents and it's a straight 7% increase. Jeez. Like, it's like checking that every day of the week. Yeah, that's wild. I was driving around the Volvo for uh, about two weeks with it being uninsured because I forgot. Mm. Uh, Another admin thing that I would add to that list is um, check your smoke alarms. Yes. So it's something in a strata managed building that um, is looked after for me, but was an expense as well that I wasn't necessarily expecting when I first moved in. But um, if you're running your own property or house, then checking your smoke alarms, check those batteries, it's important. And maybe on that yearly thing... In your calendar entry, I, I I check my smoke alarms at the start of daylight savings every year just because it's that time. But maybe it is that thing in your calendar where you do a yearly thing, check smoke alarms, clean the air conditioner filters, clean the range hood filters at that start of spring. Yeah. Um, wash because, the dog. Wash the dog, all that. You know, shave your legs if you're John. Um, <laughs> I just made that up, whatever. Do you shave your legs? No, I didn't. I thought because I you're a bike rider. Yeah. No, you know why they do that? For speed, isn't it? No. It's look. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, some argue that they do it so that if they fall off, the graze is easier to clean, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going there. Yeah. But also as well, knowing that when you move into your property, you know it's going to be a... A, like a nuclear bomb with your money. So in that three-month check, maybe it is time to swing around, update your spending plan, update all your expenses. Uh, Alana says, get into the good habit of immediately putting enough money aside for rates, repairs, etc. Mm. So again, it's that. I mean, and this is the whole thing like, yes, buy the book. The day you move in, you should redo your budget and all that. But me, the way I am, practical world, Life's crap, life happens, just lots of moving stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to get in, enjoy my new house and then swing back around and review my spending plan. Yeah, it's it's a good point. And, and that dance of um, putting in an offer, I've got pre-approval and, and this is how much the banks will lend me to, I've gone to an open home and I'm, I'm going to buy this thing. Maybe we didn't check the rates. Maybe we didn't check the strata body corporate fees. So now we have to forecast that back in after it's too late. So I think what you were saying before about um, knowing what they are and putting them away each quarter and having them there so you're not relying on and future funds. if I can be honest, guys, will you let me be honest? Sure. Go I was it. hoping that you were from the start. Oh, I was, but I'm t- I want to get like real talk. Okay. So Ali Mace underscore C says, don't feel like you have to reno straight away. You've got time, save and recover from your deposit. Now, you may have just came out of a campaign of hardcore savings for two years. You're in the house. Take the foot off the gas, chill out, enjoy life. Maybe, you know, 
blow 500 bucks on a nice meal with your family or your friends or something. It's like, hey, we did this. And this is so counterintuitive money. Oh, I'm a spender anyway, but whatever. But like you're in your house because we know the mortgage repayments can be the same as rent. So technically, you might have still excess money in your life that you were saving for the deposit. Chill out for a couple of months. Have some fun. Celebrate. Breathe out. Don't do anything. Save. Go on a nice holiday. Celebrate the huge achievement that you've made or keep your ass down and just do your saving and all that, which do that if you want, but that's not me. I want to accelerate. I want to celebrate that we've achieved this yeah. and breathe out. In proportion. And you can do that without handing over cash as well. Oh. I wanted to take a moment in my new apartment just to sit and be happy with this space that I was in, feel proud of that achievement and just look around and go, this is mine. This is what I've worked for since I started work at 14 and nine months. This is what I've worked for. So take that moment, take a breath. If you want to celebrate by having a nice dinner or whatever you want to do, go ahead. But you can also do that by just taking a moment to breathe and enjoy yep. it. How's How long did you take? Was it, it was a fleeting from, moment. Yeah. <laughs> it really was a and fleeting then, and moment. that was suffice for you. Did you did you take a moment, you know, when you after rent vesting for so long? No, I actually didn't because by that stage I had a couple of kids, so <laughs> there's no moments free. But on that, why couldn't you? Like if you're into meditation or yoga, it's like, you know what? This is my new house. I'm going to set up this mat or my teepee or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> some people do meditate in a teepee. They do. Russell uh, Brand, that's who I that who oh, okay. comes yeah. to mind seeing I mean, a TP. Yeah. yeah, do you think this is what I would do if I'm being cheeky? I would organise a housewarming party now that we can have more people over. Do invites to everyone, and say housewarming party. Um, your presence is the best present for me, but there will be a wishing well if you wish to contribute. <laughs> oh. Sounds like a wedding nah, invite. Look, totally. Me. What what we're saying is just. Enjoy the time, whether you have to spend money to, to appreciate it or just lie there and yeah. think about how well I you've mean, done. I mean, there is just so many comments here. Ever Evolving says, don't start shopping. Wait till you settle and figure out your space, then go shopping. And I think what we might do in a second is go around in the circle and say what our number one bit of advice is after our own experience and after reading this and we might end it there because it's a bit of a fun episode and we just do these ones because, you know, we can't give you the golden, you know, piece of advice, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. You're listening to this podcast. We're talking about one specific topic for the last, what is it? Probably 40 minutes or so. We're just talking about um, getting into your new account. Sorry. <laughs> We're just talking about getting into your new home, all right? So, I want you to think about one or two things of key takeaways that you can take away from this, from this discussion, not necessarily, you know, I don't know, having the cure for loneliness or whatever it is from this discussion. <laughs> Gosh, we need to wrap this up. Um, yeah. So, words of wisdom. Alex... <laughs> What, after all that stuff, what would you say the one thing to tell people once they're in their first home? 
don't pay full price for anything. Oh, love that. There are so many ways. We've talked about some of them today. Buy secondhand, accept gifts from... Uh, secondhand gifts from family. Uh, one of the ways that I didn't pay full price was with a trade discount from a friend. So I still get new nice pieces, but not at full price. And also you can do like watching on um, prices. I think uh, Price Hipster maybe is the name of the site where you can put a, a track on how much something is um, available for and wait for it to drop down. Mm, good. John, your sage words. Hi, look... This is something that we probably haven't mentioned and it's not that important, but I see it happen a lot. Unpack the boxes. It's a good time to get in. You may have been renting for 10 years or living at home with mum or dad. It's, it's time for a fresh start with your new home. So unpack everything and you may find that half of the crap you don't need. So sell it, put it out on the street. Uh, but just make sure it's a fresh start as opposed to 12 months' time, we've still got 18 boxes that we haven't unpacked because we haven't needed it yet. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I'll finish on this. Uh, Loveridge 95 says, <laughs> you'll end up at Bunnings every weekend at least once. <laughs> that's like the Anchorman thing. It's like works 90% of the time, 70% of the time, whatever it is. Every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Works every time, 90% of the time. So that's it. Um, enjoy Bunnings. You'll you'll find how much um, you love Bunnings, I think. And I'd probably say take your time, be considered, let things for the house find you. Like I took a two and a half, three-year quest for a sideboard to find me. Oh, yeah. It's worth the wait. It often is, John. Yes. And you don't have to do it all at once. Enjoy it. I don't want it to be a curse. It's to be a blessing. Um, get into plants. Plant things. Make things come to life. They're yours. Put what a, If you own a place that's a freehold property and there's a backyard, what about doing something cool like up the back, plant a tree or a lemon tree or something? If you plan to be there for a long time and you're like, see that tree up there? We planted that the day we moved in. Get a photo next to it and then... All your initials in the concrete next to the all that hot stuff. water system. Yeah, do all that. Just enjoy it. Like, chill out on the hyper-consumerism. We need everything to be Instagram ready. Just enjoy it. Yep. Keep your cash buffers. Do what makes you happy, not everyone else, huh? Well, that's what Oprah would say. Would she? <laughs> I don't know. I don't listen to that. <laughs> Well, we might leave that there. Uh, my last bit of advice is you got what you pay for, people. So let's have an after party. Thanks, Alex. Uh, so we'll be back soon. Thank you so much for coming. No problem. I'm sorry that this is a sham. I thought you were going to shake it with your opposite hand then. Yeah, we go left-handed <laughs> shake. Are you a left or a right-handed? Um, I'm a right-handed. Yeah, that felt weird, hey? Yeah. <laughs> We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info.
If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. We haven't done an after party for a while. Um, so, I wanted to ask both of you a couple of things. You can answer either of these. What do you think was your kind of top money thing of the year? Or, if you don't want to answer that, what was your biggest accidental diva moment? So, were you out somewhere and you were a diva and you're like, oh my gosh. So, something like that. What are we going to... Have a think about it, Alex. You answer first. Best money thing or diva moment. So, I know you can be a diva. That's why I can't... I honestly couldn't pick one diva moment because All right. well, tell us people that know me might out. say... <laughs> they might say that I'm a diva. All the time. Like, I have a tendency to not like to wear the same thing more than once. Ever? Not ever. But I have a weird thing about if I know that people have seen me in that outfit oh, again. Wow. wow. Okay. Was that a pride thing or? <laughs> After we talked about <laughs> pride say, so much. On what are you wearing? Because you look really great when you walked Thanks. in today. I'm like, she's dialed in with every area of her life and she looks like it too. She said she spent hours getting ready this mm. morning. Thanks. So, yeah. what are you wearing? I'm wearing Beckenbridge today. Oh, Beckenbridge. Mm. Wow. Australian designer. I love Australian mm. designer clothing. Unfortunately, the designer bit follows, but um one of my great friends um he's just uh taken a job at Beckenbridge, high up uh runs international. Nice. Mm. I think it's a great Australian brand. Yeah, it is. I love it. She raves about it. Yeah. We'll get a photo Shout of you because people want to know. They want to know what you're wearing. Oh, just go on YouTube, everyone, and we'll get a photo for Instagram. Okay. Mm. Okay, so, okay, so that's interesting. So, it, it could be a perceived diva thing. So, a solution to this problem has been hiring. So, I if I have a special event or something that I know I want to wear a one-off outfit for – I will hire an outfit, usually at probably a quarter of the price, um, and that way I can wear it once and on. send it back to the person who owns it. Mm. There's a bit of a sustainability play in there if I want to yeah, find absolutely. another excuse for it to be so popular. That so, now, isn't it? With this um, clothes thing, and I don't want to wear it more than once. Blah blah blah. How, like, if you're buying your get up mm-hmm. and you might wear it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That can add up. So, are you on selling stuff? Are you giving it away? What are you doing there? I'm not very good at on selling right. things. Uh, I often will do a trip to Vinnie's or Salvo's and make a donation of some of my clothes. But regrettably, I let things sit in my wardrobe, hoping that I'll look at it one day and put it back on. Usually, it sits there for too long and then it goes to Salvo's. Occasionally, I have hired out some of my more 
high-end garments myself. Yeah, nice. Um, but I try to keep a bit of a capsule wardrobe in that there's a set number of pieces that can be mixed and matched with mm. other things um, and trying to avoid pieces that are, in my mind, memorable. Yes. <laughs> because if it's less memorable, then I feel less inclined like someone would remember. And it's such a silly diva thing for mm. me to think that someone would even remember what I was wearing last mm. time they saw me. But um, it's just some. It's just something that I can't get over in my own head. Really? Oh. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think it's um, uh, like people around you have been doing the same thing over the years or is it just unique to you? No one has ever – I've never remembered that someone was wearing the same thing more than once mm-hmm. and no one's ever said to me, oh, you were wearing that before. It, it's totally an internal battle that I have. Mm. It's not been triggered by by anyone else. I think it does also come from my interest in fashion and I like yeah. to wear new things and things that are on trend and that are new. So I try and maybe justify in that sense yeah. that it's my it's for my own enjoyment. Mm. What's your favourite brand? Beckenbridge, of course. I do like Beckenbridge. I like Zimmerman. I like Camilla and Mark. And, uh, yeah, those those are my probably top three. Yeah. But I think for any of the ladies listening or anyone who's clued in on what their partner buys, you know that those brands are not, you know, everyday brands, but I just have to try and fit it in with um, what's important to me, do it occasionally, not frequently, mm. and um, be considered in the same way that we've talked about, being considered about the furniture and appliances that you buy. I research and look at things for so long. I'm thinking about it for days and weeks and months before I maybe finally pull the trigger on something. Mm. If an event comes up, the first thing that I'm thinking about is what am I wearing? Ah, mm. I've, um, yeah, I bought a new shirt this week going to a wedding. So I thought, you know what? Heaps of people get new clothes to go to a wedding. So I bought a new shirt. Why yeah. are you wearing it now? I'm not. Oh, it's not that. No. No. This old thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, John. Where's the wedding? Oh, it's up in the Hunter Valley somewhere. Nice. Mm. Shout out Haley and Caleb. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be over by the time they listen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on getting married. Yeah. 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 Um, what's your Let's biggest money thing or... Diva moment of this year? Oh, well, I don't really have a diva moment. Come on, I've just exposed yeah. myself and my diva ways. Give us a diva. I don't, I honestly don't think I've got a diva moment. What about when I say, would anyone like a coffee? And you're like, oh, I'll get a flat white. Yeah. Knowing that we don't do flat whites here, we've got to walk around to the cafe and pick it up for you. Yes. So that was... <laughs> That was tongue in cheek. I don't really want one, but no. I know that you wouldn't be able to deliver a flat white. You know um, I would if you wanted one. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. You, you're one of the most generous people um, in this room. And there's a lot of people in here. <laughs> um, I actually, for the first time in my life, mm. bought, money-wise, uh, bought a sizable chunk of shares for me. Really? Mm. Wow. Sizable for me, yeah. maybe not sizable for you, but no, no, um, not it's not yeah. about the size, it's about what you do with it. <laughs> are you going to buy and hold or are you going to buy and trade? I'm going to strangle hold, yeah, nice. I'm going to stay mm. at least for the next six months, yeah, wow, interesting. Mm. What about you? My life's a freaking diva moment, um, <laughs> yeah, you got plenty of divas. 
Well, I actually, this year I bought shares and I haven't done it before really in a startup. Yep. And I think I got like- You cleaned up. Eight or 900% in two weeks. Mm. Um, so, I bought a- Well, we're in the progress of buying a boat. I'm going half <laughs> in a boat. Proceeds. Yeah, with yep. a mate. Um, yeah, that was a good money win. It was just something out of the blue that I did- and yeah, it just exploded. Was that a tip off? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so was. <laughs> no, like it wasn't insider trading or anything like no, that. No, no, I wasn't saying that. No. But someone oh, look, said, look. I'm on the money scene and I have, I talk with people. Hmm. Um, I just had confidence in the what they were doing yeah. at the time. Um, and yes, I did buy a new car last weekend you did because hmm. people new to you new not, to me yes. i don't buy was, new cars was that planned how impulse was it <sighs> planned schmammed i uh, i had it saved in my car sales app right it had been planned do you think you got a good deal yeah yeah i got basically 10 percent off what they were listing it for but yeah, I had um, so the, I had the old Volvo. It was a 2010 model. Um, yeah, so did you trade that in? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I was going to put it on Gumtree for like 10 grand, and then I was just like, oh, I just don't want everyone like, oh, I'll give you two grand, like lowballing me because mm. it's such a drama to sell stuff sometimes. So I took it down and I said to them, oh yeah, tell me, you know, if you want it. And because it had really low case for its age, mm. um, I was expecting them to give me like three grand. Yeah. And they come back and said, oh, we can do seven, five, like 7,500. And I was like, oh, geez, yeah, all right. Um, I probably should have said, what about eight? I actually totally forgot to negotiate on the trade. Mm. Um, but I realistically, it was just less stress because the car was in Sydney. I could drive the Volvo down yep. and drive it like... So that was because it was getting a bit old. It was, I think, the air conditioner needed tweaking, regassed or something. Um, I didn't need regassed. It was something electrical wrong with it. Um, and then it was burning oil as well. Mm. And I'm like, I've got a basically ten grand euro. Anytime, if something goes wrong, that's half a problem. I don't want to spend thirty or forty percent of the car value fixing it. Taxi. And I had my eye on this type of car. It's a Lexus, everyone, whatever. Um, people want to know. Because um, I had two, I've had two Lexuses before and I love them. Mm. And I wanted this shape. It's like the 2017 shape. Um, and yeah, Giddy I pounced. pounced. To me, that sounds like a considered purchase, not impulse. You uh, knew what you wanted, okay. waited for it. Yeah, it's more considered than his previous ones. Yeah, but a lot of people, well, a lot of people think when I do stuff randomly, like the team here, they'll think, oh, that's just out of the blue. It's like, oh, no, I've actually been intensely considering it in my mind for a long time. Mm. Just the way it comes. Yeah, so I, I had researched it I and I did the Carfax report and I looked at the average prices and all the ones that were for sale at the moment and I showed the dealer. I'm like, well, that's the average price. They're the average Ks. This car, it's it's probably a bit under average for basically or overage or whatever it is. Mm. So I got the price under the average sale price. Do you use Redbook? Well, that's what it basically was. Yeah. yeah. So they do the um, 
the personal PPRS or personal yeah. property securities register or something like that. Um, but it's a deal, so it's not going to be encumbered. Um, but I just hate the whole process of buying a car from a dealer. Mm. Yeah, it's not pleasurable. And I, it's just like, and I, I like a deal. I said to the guy selling to me, I'm like, mate, if you can hook me up, I might be, I might be able to, you know, give you a bit of a, a gift in an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> what a spending plan voucher. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And <laughs> discount code. Um, and the manager came over, and I'm like, "Who are you?" Like this guy started talking to me. I'm talking to this other guy. I'm like, "Excuse me, who are you?" He was the, he was the dealer manager. Was he? And I said, all right, you want some cash? He's like, oh, no, we can't do that. I'm like, all right, no worries. And and then the guy I was buying it off, I actually saw on his phone, there was like a photo of him and his wife and a young kid and he told me he just had a seven-month-old or a new kid. And so I took him over to the corner and shook his hand and there was some little Christmas gifts for him. (laughs) In the hand as you shook it. Yeah. But I only did that just, I don't know. It's like got a young family. Mm. He did what he could. You know, it's a bit of goodwill. Yeah. So you didn't, you're thanking him for the discount or were you just appreciative that he sold you a car? I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I had a bit of cash on me. Yeah. So I thought just I would. to get rid of some dirty money. Well, I just like to, how can you in your life enter a situation and leave changing someone's world. Yeah, totally. Somehow. Yeah, no, that's why I asked the question. I'm yeah. wondering. Um, yeah, why not? Yeah, well done. But yeah, it's a white Lexus 2016. It's the IS350F Sport. It's um, And it's the end of 16 model, so it is the 17 shape. Uh, and my kind of guide is always around four years old with less than 60,000 Ks is your sweet spot. It's got 50,000 Ks on it. Mm. Good price. Looks brand new. Smells brand new. Happy days. It fangs. Cool. All right. We done? Yeah. (laughs) Wrong podcast for that. Yeah. We've got a car podcast. If you're still listening, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Love your work, everyone. (laughs) Sweet. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. We're about to promote your car podcast. Oh, yeah, we've got a car podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm checked out. I've had a... When Alex got here today, Mm. I was not in a good space, was I? A hot mess. I was a hot mess. Why? Oh, I just had like two back-to-back long Zoom meetings and then there was confusion about an episode we did before this and I was just stressed, John. Back off. (laughs) Yeah, you've got a stressful life. I've heard two podcasts recently where you've checked out while the guest is still talking. <laughs> He's gone to sleep a few times. You're like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, seriously, I, I can't do this podcast forever. I'm not cut out for this life. It's just... All his um, family commitments he's got and... Uh... <laughs> totally. <laughs> nah, no family over here yet, kids. Nah. All right. All right. Good times. Is this awkward? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm waiting. You'll, you'll wait till you're dismissed, John. <laughs> <laughs> the bell's gone here. Yeah. All right. Let's All go. Right. Um, thanks, Alex. Thanks, John. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Nathan, Bye. for editing. Right. Bye. Bye. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.